Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It will be a fight. And there'll be a lot of death, unfortunately. It will be a fight we will win. But a lot less death. But there will be death. People should be actually kept out of the country for at least 28 days. America is not prepared. G'day ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here for another week. This is an exciting episode. We have a real life example of someone whose life was changed by freedom of speech laws. A gentleman who made a joke and had his life turned upside down because of that joke. This guy is an absolute internet legend, an absolute gentleman, and he's been following me and I've been following him on Twitter for some time. We've had a conversation back and forth, and honestly, it's quite a shock that it's taken this long to have this conversation. But before we get into the show, a massive merch drop happened yesterday. It was the biggest merch drop of all time. Uh, it broke the Richter scale. Everyone's fucked up, fucked off about it. You know, it's just, it's all happening on the internet. We broke down Google's mainframe. Holy shit balls. Uh, big merch drop. Uh, I know last year people were freaking out about the jumpers selling out. Listen, these are almost sold out right now. And in under 24 hours, like get involved right now. The link is down below. Go and get your merch. Ladies and gentlemen, now without further waffling on by bearded old me, it is time to meet today's lovely guests. Please make welcome to the show for the very first time, Mr. Count Dankula. Count Dankula. All right, we're talking Chris Benoit. <laughs> yes. Just, just immediately right off the bat, you know, nothing to do with free speech or anything, which is refreshing. <laughs> just but, uh, so if yeah. anyone doesn't know, Chris Benoit was a wrestler who killed his whole family and himself, a tragic. Uh, event, but we we're just talking about. He sent out a, a group message or to several wrestlers and, and well-known people, and people have only just sort of started talking about it now. But you were just saying that apparently the um, the Wikipedia page for the wrestler Chris Benoit was changed prior to the police knowing about the death. Yeah, like apparently some people feel that it was changed. Like, see, was it he killed his family, and then what was it that he went out on his boat? And it was on his boat that he I'm hung himself sure. or something like that. Okay. Apparently, that's what I heard. He flew into a ma- massive roid rage, to be honest. Uh, murdered his wife and children. And then he took off in his boat. And then when he was on his boat, he hung himself. But apparently, in the time between the murders and like his body being discovered like on the boat and everything, uh, someone had already updated his Wikipedia page saying that he had murdered his wife and kids. And it's a case of, well, who who knew about it? Did someone else know about it? Or, you know, right before he hung himself, did he go, oh, you know what, before I go, better update my Wikipedia page. Is he editing it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, arguing wow. with the moderators and shit like that, and the moderators going, there's no evidence for this. <laughs> so, bitch, I am the evidence. <laughs> you want to see you evidence, motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it, it's a it's a big thing with the wrestling community. It's something you don't talk about. But like, as you said, roid rage, or perhaps through the brain damage, you know, associated with, yeah. you know, his his number one move was the flying or the diving headbutt off the top rope. And that was his finishing maneuver, Chris Benoit. Yeah. Well, the cripple cross face or whatever you call it, plus the flying headbutt. And so, you know, obviously he wouldn't headbutt the people, but he would hit the mat. And the mat's just wood with a bit of flex in the middle and a bit of pad, just a tiny little padding on top. He hit the hit the wood and then his head would just wobble around. And this is what they talk about with uh, CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. This is this yeah. whole um, new science about these people committing these atrocious um, uh, acts and killing themselves and other people and doing things that they would never do in any other you know, no one who knew them would think they would ever do such a thing. And that's what they think happened with, with Chris was basically his brain was so damaged from the, and this is all, you know, hearsay and no one's got the body and they can't 
you know, go back and do an autopsy, but this is what they're saying. And it's, it's, it's something that, you know, for, for Australians who love watching rugby league and rugby and AFL and contact sports, you know, and even NFL in America, it's something people worry about because, you know, it, does it get to a point where you can't play a sport or you can't have a, you know, I guess wrestling is a sport as well. You can't do these things because there's too much risk. Like what if, what if um, Isaac loses his mind because he plays this sport for 20 years, you know, can, can any insurance company even cover your sport because it's too dangerous? Like, is this guy going to murder his wife and kids because he loses it? It's a scary well, thing. But it's a really common thing among especially American football players. Like, even though they've got the helmets on and stuff like that, I think it's the funny thing is it's not so common in rugby because mm. people don't have the helmets on, so they're not they're not going in for those proper brutal tackles because they don't want to hurt themselves. Whereas in American football, guys just tuck their chin into their chest and just fucking go for it. And everything. It's, it's bad technique. That's what yeah. it is. It's bad technique. Like I, I played rugby league for 17 years. And if you put your head right into someone when you're going to tackle them and you're going to hit, if you hit their hip or you hit their head, you're going to get knocked out. You yeah. know, you play rugby league, you learn, you move your head to the side or that side or whatever you're going to do. It's the same with MMA. If you go straight into someone's hip, you could knock yourself out. You've got to make sure your head's out of the way. But with American football, as you said, helmets, it gives you this, uh, this guise of, of you're safe. So you just go head on, both ears get knocked out, you both get concussions, everyone gets CTE, and everyone ends up like fucking Chris Benoit. Yeah, it's like in later life, it's apparently like it starts with like they lose their cognitive functions, you know, like basic things that they could easily do before, they struggle to do with it now, and then for some reason it just stimulates that rage part of the brain where just basically people are prone to violent outbursts and stuff like that. That's why I think it's why you hear about them getting arrested in bar fights all the time after retirement, just because they're so quick to anger and so violent and they've discovered that it was because of this. I mean, I, mean, I don't think we really needed scientists to know that years and years and years of taking blows to the heads bad for you. <laughs> it's, it's funny though, because, you know, even when I was playing... If you get knocked out in the first half of a game, you know, your coach, your teammates want you back out there. You want you want to get back out there and you might get a second concussion, you know, if you yeah. take 10 minutes off just to... And I know when I've been knocked out in the past, it's a very emotional time. Like, you, I remember having tears rolling down my face for no reason. I wasn't hurt or upset. I was just, like, just rattled. And then you go out there and you might get concussed again. And you do that over a long period of time, there's sub-concussive injuries and you're just fucked. Early onset dementia, uh, early onset Alzheimer's. And you see, you know, even with Alzheimer patients, older people, they get aggressive, they get angry. And like, if you've got the strength of a young man who's just finished a brutal sport, you could probably do some damage with that, with those anger issues. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, like rugby players and football players tend to be like really big guys. Like Chris Benoit, he was a fucking really big guy. He's a big buff guy. I mean, ch children didn't stand a chance, did they? <laughs> so, sorry, but I mean, but I mean, yeah, like. Uh, I, I remember when it all went down and it was all the jokes and people were photoshopping him doing all these wrestling moves, but it was like on kids <laughs> and shit like that. Even though it was it was horrific and everything like I can remember, I wasn't even that into wrestling. I was like vaguely aware of wrestling, like I knew the big names and stuff like that. And when I heard about like that happening, I was kind of like, no, like wrestlers are like friendly, like happy yeah. people with all that. But like when it came out, no, this is really and it's, it's brutal. Funny it was to brutal. It's funny to listen to people when someone dies or a horrific accident happens or um, a terrorist attack or whatever. Like, you know, 9-11, people make jokes about it. I've made jokes about it. I'm sure you have as well. Um, you see people doing that. and Some people say it's a coping mechanism. Sometimes it's just a way to talk about something that everyone knows is fucking horrible, but you talk about yeah. it in that jocular way just to sort of get through the mush of sadness and and uh and and horridness if you will i wonder how long it will be and i'm not by any means suggesting i will ever say this although i may say something about this on stage how long will it be before someone makes a joke about uh george floyd oh it's already happened someone's already getting kicked out of their university uh for a joke that they made <clears throat> and it was just he's a university student he just posted a tweet 
people seen it, sent it to the, you know, the university staff and everything, and they're, they're working to kick him out now. And all it was was a, uh, he just, and this is, they've done the same joke for Amy Winehouse. They've done the same joke for yeah. pretty much any musician that's died. And it was a uh, congratulations to George Floyd for finally being drug free for one month. <laughs> right. So, and yeah. it's like, I don't know. And it's, it's not even an original joke. It's not an original joke. They did like when Amy Winehouse died, like that. That was everywhere and never. And that's why, like, is it is it a, a bad taste joke? Blah blah. Yeah, whatever. Right. It's, whatever you think of the joke is what you think of the joke. Does the kid deserve to be kicked out of university for it? Like, no. No, no way. It's uh, it's it's one of those you know sort of jokes where you're just like, what the fuck? You know, people can't people <laughs> can't not make that joke when you tell people like it's so obvious that someone's going to talk about it and you make it so readily obvious that you are not allowed to say it it's like a kid with a toy you're like you're not allowed to play yeah. with that toy mate and then someone's going to grab that fucking toy and it just so happens to be this young dude who made a dick joke like a horrible joke but you know it doesn't hurt anyone fucking yeah yeah it's one of those things and it's it's part of this you know this free speech thing where we talk about it everyone talks about it you know, I'm not sure about um, beautiful Scotland, but Australia doesn't have any free speech laws. I'm not sure if you guys do. Oh, we've got we've got loads of free speech laws. You can be arrested simply for offending people here. Yeah, right. that's like the, the act that I was charged under for the whole Nazi pug thing was. Well, can we can we post- go through that whole thing? Can we go through oh, that yeah. whole thing? I know you've oh, spoken yeah. about it a million times, but I first heard about you years ago on Joe Rogan's podcast, and it's an honour to finally talk to you person to person i know we've we've spoken over twitter for some time uh but yeah run us through exactly what happened i mean i'm sure people know about it but let's just hear it from the uh the scotsman's mouth well the the gist the gist of it was like uh my girlfriend she's my wife now so that worked out and we we, uh she has a pug called buddha and she was always constantly going on about how cute he is adorable he is she would sit and like baby talk him and like do all that type of stuff and like it was doing my head and she would even pick him up and like shove his face like into my face going look how cute he is look how cute he is and i'm like ah, he's an ugly bastard what are you talking about pugs are hideous right but it, I, I ended up like one day i was going to give him a treat he lifts his paw to give me a paw and i thought <laughs> that kind of looks like a Nazi salute. And then I just had a little bit of a light bulb moment, right? So I decided that I was going to teach him a Nazi salute, teach him to uh, react happily whenever I said the phrase, uh, gas the Jews, sorry, there goes your monetization. <laughs> but like, It was uh, gone. It was gone 20 yeah. minutes ago. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. But it uh, ended up like, I wanted to compile it all together in footage because he didn't do the trick every time. And I didn't want to bring him in and try and get him to do the trick in front of her and it didn't work. So I decided to film it and compile all of the footage together. And then me and me and my wife, we sit and have like little nights on YouTube where we just sit and watch random YouTube videos. And I was just going to blindside her with it by going, oh, I know this great video. And just put it on just to sit. I was even going to sit with my phone and like film a reaction and all that. But like it never got around to that just purely because of work and other stuff. We never had a YouTube night. So the video just sat on YouTube. And the only people that knew about it were my friends. I then go to a video gaming convention in Iceland. Uh, and I didn't know, basically, uh, while I was on the plane going to Iceland, someone still to this day don't know who somehow found the video and posted it to Reddit. And it ended up on the front page of Reddit. And it <laughs> went viral. From there, now, I'm in Iceland, I'm in a foreign country, so my phone isn't connected to any service. So my stuff's blowing up back home, but I'm in a pub in Reykjavik playing drinking games, not realising that back home, my whole life's being fucking ruined. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just drunk off my fucking arse, like, that, like laughing and everything. It wasn't until like the next morning, like I woke up like kind of early, you know, where you're where you're starting to sober up and your body just decides it wants to wake up when it really shouldn't, right? So I had done that and then I went, I looked at my phone and went, oh yeah, Wi-Fi. So typed in the Wi-Fi as soon as I connected to the whole hotel Wi-Fi, my phone just exploded. And I'm, you have like 18 voicemails and my Twitter, like fucking YouTube was going crazy and I was like, what the hell? Then I get a call from my wife and I'm like, like what, what, what's going on? Did someone post that video somewhere? And then she just she just replies with, why are there reporters at the door? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh fuck! <laughs> but yeah, fuck the hell. It all kicked off from there. I was in the 
all of the newspapers and everything I was getting called super ultra turbo mega Hitler just everywhere every newspaper and like reporters and this is where I learned here when reporters come in and go oh we just want to get your side of the story we can tell you're a nice guy and all that and you believe it and you answer them and then the article comes out and they're like this guy is a piece of shit and they're like <laughs> So a, le- a lesson was learned there. But then what happened was I got back from Iceland and then about four days, I think, after I got back, I got a knock at the door. It was a police special investigations unit and they came in doing the whole, we, 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 we understand you, you know that why we're here. And I was like, yeah, I've, I've got an idea why. And the guy just flat out went, well, we're here to arrest you. And I just laughed and went, <laughs> okay. Like, why? And other than they were like for the video, section 127, posting a grossly offensive uh, message or video or whatever online. And I get arrested. I get perp-walked outside with all the reporters taking my picture and everything. I get taken to jail. I get I get fucking kept in jail. And then I, when I got my court date, I was released from jail. And then so started like a two-year absolute kangaroo court of a trial where like the outcome had already been before the handcuffs were even like on my wrists like the outcome had already been decided yeah and the video itself is clearly a joke yeah it's blatantly a joke you're not trying to raise an army of hitler youth you're not trying to you know break into the youth market by using youtube or as a carrier service to yeah new nazis I can't, I can't understand how, you know, a modern country like yours would just go, this guy needs to be fucking locked up now. It's, it's a chance to virtue signal. That's all it is. Like we live, the, the way things are right now are extremely egotistical and everyone is very, very worried about their own like personal image. And one of the best ways to generate a good personal image for yourself is to care about all these social justice things, blah, blah, blah. But see, so see whenever something like that comes around, people will like overreact and sort of, you know, it's like when the Spanish, it's like when you know the Spanish Inquisition is watching, you start chatting going, I love God. I am the holiest man in the village. Like, like that. That's, that's what they're doing. Like, that's what it is. So see whenever you get like the tiniest, I, I, I just remember a time where whenever you told an offensive joke, people would just go, you're a fucking asshole. And you would just go, yeah. I know. And that, that was the end of it. <laughs> like, that was it. Like you might get a bad review by someone or whatever, but whatever, that was fine. That was all you had to worry about. But now it's a case of like, when you offend someone, I mean, if you've offended them, it lasts for like 10 minutes and everything. And like, but see just for those like little 10 minutes of offense, these people want to then ruin your fucking life over it like you're not getting booked at comedy clubs anymore you're not allowed a youtube channel not allowed any social media you're not allowed to get just a regular job because anytime i tried to get a regular job after that like they would call up my employer and harass them into firing me i lost like eight jobs and shit like that and it's a case of so i'm not allowed to like (laughs) even earn a wage and put food in my belly because i put you in a bad mood (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like, like, and that's, but that's the thing is, it's a horrific thing to do. It's like giving like a first time shoplifter a 10 year sentence, but trying to paint yourself as the good guy by going, but, but he deserved it. Yeah. So what, (laughs) were were, were you in jail with anyone else at the time? Were you held in cells with other people? Like, was this a conversation you were having with guards? Like, what are you in for? Oh yeah. I, I I had a whole chat with that. I was in a, basically I get kept in jail. And then when it was time for me to go to court, we get put in the big holding cell, but we were in the holding cell for like nearly, a, I think it was nearly a day, right? So it's me and it's like about nine other dudes and all that. Now, the funny thing was, is as I'm getting like transported from the jail, like to the court, you've got your, you've got your wrist restrained, you've got your chain to your waist, you've got your ankles restrained and you're put in like the back of the van. And as I was going into like the big prisoner transport van, I seen a friend of mine. <laughs> And I was like, oh shit, how's it going, man? Like, and he's like, what, what are you doing here? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say his name because of because of what he did. He uh, he, he hacked someone's face open with a machete. Shit. Right. And uh, he he did it. He fucking did it. Like <laughs> he definitely That's why I'm not he's saying a great his, bloke. Yeah. He's he's all he's all right until he gets a drink in him, you know, he's one of them. But uh we, we ended up getting put in the holding cell and then they're doing the whole, like, you know, what you in for thing, like, around the room. One guy's like, oh, the cops tried to arrest me and I, I attacked them with a knife. Guess to my friend, or oh, I hacked someone with a machete. Another guy's like, 
I got caught with like 10, 10 weed plants like in my house and everything. And then it gets to me and I'm like that. I uh, made a video and my dog lift, lifted its paw and everything. And a bunch of the other prisoners laughed and Pierre went, that was you? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that was, that was me. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm easily like the biggest pussy in the room. I'm just <laughs> easily the biggest pussy in the room. But everyone laughed at it, luckily. But my friend who was sitting next to me leaned in and went, see, see if you do go to jail, don't tell people that because they will kick your shit in. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, all right, okay. Another funny thing was there was a younger boy, quite a young guy. He was probably about like 19, 20. Like he's just sort of sitting on the floor and he just sort of pipes up going, see if it's your first offence. What, what happens? And we were like, Usually you just get like a little slap in the wrist if it's your first offence. The judge just tries to scare you straight and send you on your way. And then we went, oh, well, well depends what you did, though. Like, well, what did you do? And he went, oh, I, I got caught with a, a kilo of coke in my house. And we all started laughing, going, no, you're going away. <laughs> you're going away. <laughs> and we're, we're laughing at him. But then we just see the colour drain from the kid's face. And he just stares down at the floor, realising he's fucked. And we're trying to be nice, going... Well, well, maybe not, maybe not. You know, if you've got a good lawyer, and I, nah, he's fucked. He's, fucked. he's absolutely fucked. I mean, I've I've had nothing similar to that happen, but I've had the outrage from the um, the Jewish community after a joke I told in Melbourne. It wasn't even about your, your response to that was the greatest one that I have ever seen. Thank you. It's, it's like what was it? If you can't take the heat, get out of the oven. I can't remember what I said. Uh, <laughs> that was, but that was a hang on. See, um, that was, I was sitting there after what happened to me, my balls were cut off, and everyone, I was dead timid, I was dead shy. See, when I seen you do that, I was sitting watching it going, fuck, that's what I should have done. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm from a place in Australia called Newcastle, and man, there is no Jewish people here. I have no hate for Jewish people. It doesn't exist. I don't know any of them. I know one, and he rang me up after it and said, don't worry about it, it's fine. Like it was just, <laughs> it was a joke about vegans. And then, yeah, the whole, the seeing the heat in the oven stuff, which is actually in my, uh, my next special that's coming out that actually was uh, rejected by a large, uh, um, that was passed on by a large streaming service because it was uh, too offensive for the current climate. So oh, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was, uh, that was certainly an interesting time because they came in and they came in hard. Thank you very much. Second beer. Hooray. Thank you, Al. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and yeah, so that was an interesting moment for me because all of these new, and obviously nothing like yours, but all of these newspapers are hitting me up saying, you need to comment on this by two o'clock or when running the store. I was like, no, no, you don't yeah. dictate the terms. All right. I'll release the video. And that's when the fucking story is told, you know, you can say whatever you want, because the, the thing that I found hilarious about it was the, the person who reported on it the first time was the crime reporter for the Herald Sun in Melbourne. Like the fucking crime reporter is reporting on a joke. And this isn't, you know, it isn't just you or myself. Is another dude in Canada who told a joke, I think about an autistic lesbian or something, and he ended up paying $80,000 or he's got to pay 80000 something crazy. Was that, is that Mike Ward in Canada? Yes. Is that yes. him? Yeah, yeah, I know that story. That's crazy. He he like I get fined. Uh, ultimately, I got when I got found guilty, I get fined eight hundred pounds, and I'm sitting there going, "It's a travesty. It's absolutely terrible." Man's getting fined like a hundred and thirty thousand Canadian dollars, and I was just sitting there quiet, like, "Yes, my, my case kind of looks a little bit shit." I mean, eight hundred eight hundred dollars. That's about eight hundred pounds. That's a month's wages. That man's facing absolute financial ruin. Will <laughs> like, ruin his kids and his grandkids. But like, yeah. It's, it's one of those, uh, it's what it's this whole, like I go to comedy shows. Like when I was younger, I went to comedy shows or I listened to comedians who I knew would offend me because that's what I wanted. I wanted to yeah. be shocked. I wanted to listen to Jim Jeffries and go, Oh fuck. I can't believe he said that. Like that's hilarious or whatever. And that's how I try and write my stand up is like, you know, you got your jokes about, you know, sexual past or whatever, but I try and really throw things in there where I direct people down a certain way. And then, you know, bam, hit them with something that just fucking blows their mind. Like, I can't believe you just said that. And that's what I enjoy. But you look at the American market and the American market is what we all base, you know, the comedy scenes in Australia and yeah, yeah. off. That is, unfortunately, it's being nuked at the moment. 
And comic after comic, look at Jim Jeffries, got paid big cash and he sold out. I'd sell out too. I don't blame him. And he just has, I would, fucking oath, pay me. If, like, if, you know, if NBC comes out and gives me $100 million tomorrow, I'll fucking, I'll become a vegan. I don't give a fuck. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where, you know, okay, everyone's got their price. But, you know, thankfully with Joe Rogan, there is still this ability for people to express themselves you know, in a long form conversation or, and to promote their own comedy. People like Andrew Schultz, he's really pushing it over there in the States at the moment as well. But, you know, there's a lot of other guys. But in Australia, I don't know what the comedy scene's like uh, over in the UK, but in Australia, man, there is probably two or three offensive comics and I'm one of them. Like, it just doesn't exist. Well, we, in Scotland, the comedy scene is just overwhelmingly, dramatically uh, left-wing massively left wing it's just a case in fact you were trying to do a show here as well weren't you and you were you were struggling to find a venue like that's how it is basically though it used to be a case of like everyone used to just go like we don't care about the comedians offensive or the content or anything like that basically comedy clubs want to make money so their number one question was is he good yeah yeah yeah. is he a a good comedian that that was it that's all they needed it's a case of we'll bring him in you know that leave it up to the audience to decide because that that's the point of comedy, the audience decides whether or not you are funny. Like each individual in the audience gets to decide. But now you're getting these comedy clubs that are up here like, oh, did you, oh did, is, that a, is that a tweet talking about trans people from 2011? Oh, no, I can't. can't, can't well, I, that's I, I a, think that's um, his career over. <laughs> it, was in, it was in Glasgow, right? And the, the Rotunda Comedy Club. And the dude uh, emailed back to my management and was just like, we are not having Butterfield here. He's a piece of shit. He's this, he's that. He's not what we want at our venue and all that type of stuff. So we ended up doing it at some fucking um, like a cabaret or burlesque bar in the streets of Glasgow somewhere. We had like 300 people there. It was a fucking great show. And I filmed a video. I can't remember the dude's name from the, the Rotunda Club and it was a fuck him. But we all we all uh, filmed a video of everyone on stage saying whatever his name was, hope so and so gets cancer, and that was the big video. <laughs> <laughs> because fuck that guy, like, man, the, the whole thing was he was a cyclist, and I made fun. Right. Of that was it. Yeah. That was literally it. Like, and and I, I loved the the Scottish crowds, and in the UK it was fucking awesome. Like the Edinburgh was my favorite town I visited over in Europe. Uh, I just, I just loved it. Glasgow was raining. That gave me the shits because I got wet from the train station to my hotel because it was too, too, too close to get an Uber, but too far to walk. And we just got fucking soaked. So I had the shits with Glasgow straight off the bat, but the pubs and shit, man, there, it's a perfect place, but it's such a shame. Like with the Scottish sense of humor, it's such a shame that that is how the comedy scene's going. Yeah, it's like there was a few things as well. Like I made I made a joke, like you know the Edinburgh Fringe, the massive like comedy festival, like lots of tons of fucking huge names in it. And the Edinburgh Fringe overall, I'm not trying to shit on it. It is fun. The Edinburgh Fringe is excellent. I always go over there and like catch up with a bunch of guys for the states that I couldn't usually see otherwise. But I made a joke where I went, Oh, I'm not allowed at the fringe because I'm too fringe for the fringe. And people kicked off going, we've, we've not given any ban whatsoever on Countdown Killer. And, and, I, went, and I had to come out and go, no, I, I was joking. I, I was yeah, telling yeah, yeah. a joke. Don't worry, it's fine. And then I went, but now that you're talking to me, um, is it possible for me to get booked anywhere? And they were like, no. <laughs> and I, was like, <laughs> I was like, so what the fuck then? What the fuck? <laughs> Man, like, honestly. The cancer culture mob, they went, after, they went after me at the Melbourne thing with the whole, with the Jewish situation. And yeah. um, they, the Melbourne Comedy Festival, I was shocked. I thought, we, we played it in our own minds too, like my team. We said, right, they're going to cancel us, which is going to be great. We're going to fire up. We're going to fire everyone up. We're going to do massive shows and it's going to be a big fuck you to the festival. But the Melbourne Comedy Festival come up and said, we, we, don't, we do not censor our artists at all. Mr. Butterfield can say whatever he likes. It's got no bearing on us. And I was like, well, thanks. That's awesome. But... Also, like, help me sell some tickets. Cancel me, for fuck's sake. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's, the, that's the thing is, it's weird, like, getting cancelled all the time. Like, it fucking it generates more interest in you. The only problem is when it comes to what venues you can do, you're very limited. Like, there's only... Whenever we want to do, like, any of our, like, own shows, we need to, like, find a venue. 
we need to like find a venue and it's like really difficult because we've had loads of guys who just hear oh comedy night that sounds lovely and then what will happen is people will, they'll google us online and go see all the articles you know lying about us and they'll go oh my god wait a minute like, and then they'll kick us out but do you want to know the best people the, the absolutely like, best people to like get venues booked with polish polish people don't give a fuck yeah right they don't care we, we performed at a bunch of polish centers and everything and right. they had and they had antifa like threatening them and there was one where the polish guy was just screaming at them down the phone going you fucking come down here and i'll kick your fucking teeth in oh shit man and we were like holy shit man but they ended up like see when we performed like we spent the whole time we were shitting on communists shitting on nazis and if there's two things that polish people absolutely fucking hate it's communists and nazis they loved it they yeah. fucking loved it we had we had like the staff just coming in to watch the show and clapping and everything and they were even saying like oh we we fucking hope you come back next time you do a show book in here again polish people so see if you ever come and you need a show and you're worried about polish people don't give a fuck man I think, but, but, yeah, I think that's their attitude in every polish club in australia too they're just like yeah fuck it come in all right we just we just need some fucking people to buy drinks here but yeah it's yeah I mean, I, I had such a great time in Scotland. It's a fucking great place. I'm going to spend a bit more time next time I'm there up north and, uh, I don't know, just sort of check out the highlands. I, from what I hear, it's very fucking nice up there to drive around. I don't know. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Right? Highlands are stunning. It's an yeah. absolutely stunning, beautiful place. Bring fishing rods and all that because there's tons of locks and beautiful stuff. It's just that you need to be... Basically, if you're, you're not allowed to fish on private land, so if you see anyone approaching you, just run. <laughs> that's, that's what I did. <laughs> that was the only that was the only regret from my europe trip last year was everything was too rushed like i only i had four weeks but we had like 12 shows and so every day you're moving and shit but yeah. man just um for me to get over there and and do shows like in, in the places where you know my my family are half irish and half scottish so to go and see those places and historical sites. Like, I didn't think I'd ever do that. And it was only thanks to YouTube that I got the opportunity to do that. Like, I, if I didn't start YouTube, I wouldn't, I would have just been some open mic comic still, you know, because yeah. they don't need another white guy in Australia. They won't pick him to be on the, the telly because that's what you have to be here in this country is you have to be on a particular te a television station for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival show, the gala or whatever they have. They televise it. And if you're not in a particular uh, management circle, you won't be picked and you won't be picked in that management circle unless you're this colour, this sexual orientation, all this type of shit. So you have to pick them all. And I don't know yeah. if it's the same for you guys, but comics here um, are looked down upon if you are trying to pursue an online uh, career as well to push your, your brand or your person or your shows. Yeah, I, I, we, we've got a bit of that here. Whenever someone, like, you get some guys in the comedy world. There are guys in the comedy world who just got the old school thing, like, the really old school, like, basic definition of do you make people laugh? Do you enjoy it? You're a comedian. Ah, which is fine, but then you get other guys who are kind of, like, gatekeepers. There's a lot of gatekeepers in comedy over here, and they go, Count Dankula is not a comedian. He's a YouTube comedian. There's a very big difference. And everything and like i've had like other comedians like there was one guy like when they did the bbc documentary on me it was a guy called uh, steve mclean he looks like uh, mr clean but after years of meth and uh he he ended up having he was a proper like left-wing screecher like the type that to my face was like you you are a nazi like you yeah. are a white supremacist and everything and uh it turned out the real reason he had a bee in his bonnet was he's been in the game for about like 20 years and he's uh, never went anywhere. But on my first ever gig, I sold out Conway Hall. And I, <laughs> I, and I, and I said that to him. And if you're at one point, I, I kind of realized it and I knew it was a little button I could push to wind him up. That's never got included in the documentary because the yeah. BBC that I, came, I said that I came across as a real dick <laughs> because I was being a dick. <laughs> but uh, he went, well... I've I've never I've never made a video, but I taught my pug to do racist things, and I went. Maybe you should have. You might actually sell some fucking tickets. That man and he fucking he just went fucking wow, it exploded, man. Because that was that was his problem, and it's a case of I, I, people. I know that there's some guys that have tried their hardest for years, and I've managed to sell out some pretty big shows. And I've, I think the accusation that I get a lot is that I got to where I am without really trying. I did it like by accident. And Evan, even though I don't do that many shows, I do maybe about two or three a year. And Evan, I don't do it like my main focus is YouTube. 
I'm kind of like Joe Rogan, where I do like 80 different things at once, apart from like the UFC commentating. But like, uh, yeah, like that. I think that's the problem that you're getting some guys in like who've tried for years, and then I, I I will put my hands up and say I didn't get to where I am through hard work and perseverance. Like. <laughs> I just got arrested over a meme, like, and then all of a sudden my name was everywhere. Like, I'll put my hands up and say, okay, fair enough. But that doesn't mean that I just, therefore, shouldn't get booked into shows. Like, shouldn't, you know, have any, you know, the chances that other people are given as well. But you get yeah. these people that just go, oh, don't book him, he's a Nazi, he's a white supremacist, he wants to uh, put Muslims on trains. And all that stuff is just like, <clears throat> ah, it's just lying. That's the thing that annoys me the most. Like, just people lying about you, calling you a Nazi and white supremacist it's like all the time it's like they don't have anything else one person i noticed that called you some of those things and someone who came after me just last week was a Vosh. Vosh. we were we were talking about this on a uh, tism which is our own wee podcast but it was a uh, all we the, the just that i got was a uh, Vosh apparently for just literally no reason just called you a pedophile and you made a response video going what the fuck? What the fuck are you talking about? I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. But Vosh does that basically. That this, this is what he's trying to do. He did the same thing to me. He does it to everyone. He will pick a target. He will make up an outrageous lie about the target, knowing that the target is going to react and like make a video or challenge him to a debate. And then Vosh gets to make content out of the result. That's that's what he does. He did it to me. He called me a white supremacist, and I went. Let's debate about it then. And all I was doing was giving him content. And then he just did the same with other people. He's doing it to you now. He's trying to get content mm. out of you. I was I was like, I'll, I'll get called all those things that you just said, the white supremacists, all that type of stuff, the Nazi. And I don't need to really defend that because everyone knows that's not true, who knows me or has been to my yeah. show or knows me from YouTube. But like when you start going around calling people you know, a groomer, and he called me yeah. a groomer based on the fact that I yell at a camera. That was it. <laughs> it's like, what? Well, Gordon Ramsay must be fucking on Pedophile Island with old mate. Like, that, that is ridiculous that I am a fucking, like, you know, that upset me. That annoyed me. But, um, yeah. but it just, it's just one of those things where you, that's just an outlandish thing to say. And he actually came out with a video today that someone sent me where he retracted it. He said, I'm sorry I said that. I thought it was very interesting. Well, it's funny that he should be accusing you of that because now, again, this is all allegations. All allegations. We don't know what right. we're talking about. Allegedly. But basically, I uh, see how a lot of people on Twitter, they know that people are going to mass report them and try and get them banned. So they always have like a secondary account set up and they'll tweet it out going, just in case this account ever gets banned, also follow this account. This is my secondary backup account. But uh, Vosh's second year on Twitter, you can go into someone's profile and see the likes. Yep. Right. Well, apparently someone went onto Vosh's second account and uh, realized and went into the likes and saw that a lot of lollipop had been like lollipop is basically <laughs> people get I've, I've entered into this debate before. I don't want to get into it again if people see this. But basically, it's drawn child porn. It's drawn Japanese cartoons, but it's child porn. It's oh. hentai. Aye, it's a bit, it's, but it's drawn, you know, no real children. So, you know, it's technically not illegal. It's art. <laughs> right? So, yeah, but it's, he, it's not, though. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, I know. It's child porn, you fucking freak. But he, it turns out he'd been liking a shit ton of it, right? But Alleg again, you allegedly. Know, alle allegedly. Allegedly. Maybe, maybe it was him logged into the account. Maybe it wasn't. Who could've, knows? He could have been hacked by the Russians. Who knows? I'm sure they went after him. Yeah. yeah, it man, it's often the ones that are the loudest about that type of shit that have something to hide, and um, yeah. you know, I I the only reason I give a shit about any of that is like if my family hears about it, you know, I don't want my grandma hearing that shit like that. Like I don't know why she'd get a meme, but like I don't want my grandma reading in the paper that there's an allegation that a grandson's a fucking groomer because he yells at a camera. Like it's it's yeah. Hell, right? so. That, that pissed me off. And, and I generally think this about Vosh. I think political ideas aside and whatever book he's read on socialism aside, I think, you know, if we sat down with him at a table at a pub, we'd probably get along with him. And that's the strange thing. 
that's by the way that's one thing i've noticed there's been very few like events that i've been at where i have actually come face to face with these people right the only what i've came face to face with obviously steve mclean that we just spoke about and he acted the big man call me a nazi and everything because he that was his big chance that was what he was supposed to do in that moment and the cameras were on him but there's been lots and lots of other like far lefties who whenever i've argued with them on twitter we've had fucking huge meltdowns with each other and whenever I meet them in person and they turn around and they, they think that this is a nice thing to do, where they turn around and go, I don't really think you're a Nazi or a racist or anything like that, man. They go, you know, this is it's just what we do. You know, it's just what we do in this whole uh, sphere of uh, internet politics that we're in. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, you, <laughs> you, you literally try and ruin my reputation like all the fucking time. Yeah. And oh, man, like, you lie about me constantly. And oh, man, but I, I, I've said that to a few of them, right? I, I try and act the big man, like sort of, I don't know why, but whenever I'm sitting with them, I try and act like the alpha where I basically say, this isn't Twitter, I'll kick you. I'm sure it's in. not fucking half. <laughs> man. But, that, but the thing is, they act completely different in real life. They're nice with you, they'll sit and have a beer with you, they'll chat about movies and shit. They'll, it's just what annoyed me is this person who has annoyed the shit out of me on the internet for years, now that we're sitting in a pub having a beer, is just acting like a completely normal person. Yeah, like a and totally it, normal dude. I I think it is their it's their chance to be masculine and be tough and be smart. And I I think that left wing politics and far left politics and I don't think there's anything wrong with left wing people at all. No, but, yeah, bog bog standard left wing is absolutely fine. You know, but far left people, the people who you see screaming on Twitter constantly now. I said this today on a live stream. On, on Twitter, I follow probably about 20% of people I actually like and the 80, other 80% are just people who I'm looking for content off. Like that's all yeah. I And these people, it's crazy to, to think that these people exist, but they do. And these people, these guys, these young guys particularly, or maybe even old, you know, between let's say 20 to 40, they are weak men. And that is something that is so common amongst left-wing politics and people who are obsessed with it. They are just weak people. And I don't know where these people come from. Like, I, I spend my time around comedians who I'm friends with, um, MMA fighters who I train with, or my family. And none of those people are weak people. They're all fucking, yeah. you know, they're all strong-minded, strong-willed people. And these guys who go around calling you a Nazi, me a Nazi, a white supremacist, based on nothing, based on yeah. the fact that we slightly disagree with something they, they think in their mind is absolutely perfection and is law and is doctrine because they read a fucking another tweet from David Hogg about it. They think yeah. that is the reality. And then they go hard after people like you or me based on absolutely nothing. And that's why I genuinely think people like us will, will, will outlast all these, these Twitter freaks. Because... I know... That's, that's the thing is there has been a dramatic shift coming like already there is people like basically people are so see one thing that i do all the time which i think is the most effective method is pointing out their hypocrisy see mm. if you point the hypocrisy out all the time that honestly drags so many people away from them because yeah. nobody wants to be seen and seen as like that and it's like the left-wingers go Oh, you know, can't have can't have like edgy jokes, can't have offensive jokes, can't have edgy humor. And the best thing to call them out on is where you go, How do you feel about gangster rap and violent video games? Oh, that's fine. Like, but doesn't gangster rap cause crime? And does doesn't violent video games cause violence? Well then how do like apparently spicy jokes cause fascism then? Yeah. And they get people that literally cite these studies going, Oh well, as <clears> you can <throat> see here, a university pre professor found out that if you uh, joke about something enough people think it's an agreeable thing to joke about and i'm like yeah joke about like i'll admit i laugh i laugh at racist jokes i find racist jokes and stuff like that funny but if someone turns around to me and goes oh yeah so we should kill all the black people then i'd be like whoa whoa, whoa hold on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just joking man we're just having a laugh you calm the fuck down like that that's the thing is people seem it's poison in the well it's that it's lying about information and it's a misinformation campaign against people like you and me because we preach things like freedom of speech, individual values, liberty, and all that stuff and see what the far left want. That is antithetical to what they want. They don't like freedom. They don't like those things. So anybody that preaches freedom, even if they're not a Nazi, they'll try and destroy that person's reputation and therefore damage their you know, advocation for freedom. 
by branding them as a Nazi to everyone else and basically going, no, no, we're we are the good guys. Yeah. It says, see you here, it says anti-fascist. If you're against us, then that means you're a fascist. That's what I had that conversation with my dad yesterday because he hasn't really been yeah. following the whole Antifa stuff. He yeah. just, we were talking about it and I, because I, I put that Vosh video up and then I had some Antifa guys um, going at me in comment sections and stuff. And when someone like says something against me in a comment section, I block them immediately. Some kid said to me today that my thumbnail looked shit last week or whatever it was. And I blocked him. I was like, Fuck <laughs> you don't get, you don't get to see my thumbnails now, you little bitch. But I blocked, I blocked this guy on like Facebook cause he kept commenting on all the, all the things with this fucking meme and then, and then on Twitter and then on Instagram. And then I went to his page and he was like, yes, I've been, this free speech advocate has blocked me so much for free speech. I was like, no, I just don't want to look at your fucking shit meme. You little, I nearly said uh, something shit, terrible. I'd get fucking banned for, but you little, <laughs> you naughty boy, you know? So anyway, it, it is, it is what I was saying to my dad was, you know, Antifa by their definition are great people. Yeah. Anti-fascist, wonderful. But their definition changes dramatically when they get involved in any social problem or thought. And it becomes this war against anyone who will speak up against anything that they, they slightly believe. It is this cultural Marxist ideology that is just so dis, just, it's reprehensible against everything that people rationally believe. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I sit back and I watch America now and I'm just like, fuck, man. What the, what's going on? They try and sort of get around it by saying, oh, we are the anti-fascists. If you are against us, then it means you are in favor of fascism, right? Now, this is the thing is, I would go as far as to say, like, 90% of all of the activism that Antifa does is not, you see how actual fascists, like actual genuine, like Nazis, like that, that type of thing, about 10% of their actual activism goes towards people like that because mm. Nazis are nowhere near as numerous as Antifa would lead you to believe. All the rest of their activism is just basically against people that disagree with them. And, ever, and by the way, Antifa even goes after like left-wingers like left-wing people, your bog-standard left-wingers. See how liberals ask Antifa how they feel about liberals. Hmm. You're not progressive like, enough. Yeah, exactly. Basically, like, it's not enough for you to be left-wing. You need to be their kind of left-wing. Uh, and it's like, like, that's the thing. Is like, See, even with my opinions, right, I'm all in favour of sexual expression, gay marriage. You know, if people want to migrate here, that's absolutely fine. Just don't fucking overdo it. You know, like if someone's a different colour or ethnicity, I don't give a shit. Just don't be an arsehole. That's my only rule. You don't want me to treat you like an arsehole, then just don't act like an arsehole. That, that's my only rule. And see, despite all of that, it's like the, the thing is, I advocate for literally a lot less government a much, much, much smaller government, a much weaker government that we can hold to account. And people go, you're a fascist. I'm like, that's literally the opposite of fascism. <laughs> it's like, fascism is where the government is like God. Yeah. Right? You literally can't fart without their say so. I'm like, I want almost no government. And everyone's like, you're a fascist. And I'm like, how? You know, man, that's like, me, that's like me devouring an entire cow in a sitting and someone calling me a vegan. It doesn't make any fucking sense. You know, man, that's, and that's why they, they just lie. It's almost like a compulsion for yeah. them. They can't, they can't <clears throat> win honestly, so they have to lie and, in Antifa's case, also use violence. We'll, we'll look at the city of Chaz in Seattle in, in Washington in America. They are an uh, autonomous state um, built by the Black Lives Matter movement but run by Antifa and guarded by Antifa. In that in that area, however big it happens to be, if that's not a fascist state, then what is? They are oh, told really? what they can think. They are told what they can do. They're blocked in. <laughs> you got to go through checkpoints. Like, hello. Oh, we, we, were, we were laughing about it as well when it was like uh, they were, they obviously have their checkpoints where they control who can and cannot get in. <clears throat> and they were basically saying uh, they were banning people from getting in that were of a different political persuasion from them and i was like so hold on right you're all open borders and all that you know that no more countries no more borders no more walls and i'm like but you have an immigration checkpoint but your immigration checkpoint is so extreme 
that you don't judge based on where a person's from or any, or anything like that. You judge them based on what they think. Yeah. You literally have the most right-wing immigration system in the world. <laughs> <laughs> like, you take it a whole extra step. <laughs> like, fuck that, me. that whole area of Chaz is a novel written by George Orwell. It's hilarious. Did you see, did you see their garden? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. The, the little plants just bent over and dying, and it just says under it, if only you knew how bad things really were. <laughs> Just, there was like someone tried to set up a GoFundMe for that plant. <laughs> they said that they were going to hire the A team to go in and rescue it. <laughs> oh, it's just the, it's just the fact is what was it? After two days, they ran out of food. They ran out of food after two days. Then they got a bunch of supplies. Then all of the homeless people in the Chaz like stole all of the supplies and ran off with it. It came out that one of the biggest organizers uh, got me, me tooed. One yeah. of the organizers of the Chaz got me tooed. Then you had that, was his name, Raz the Warlord, yep. who was in charge of it. And that was the thing is, they're like, this is a protest for George Floyd and police brutality. They were going around beating the shit out of people just for spray <laughs> painting. It's like, you've literally become worse. It's literally become worse. Like, I think they just saw Mad Max and thought, how cool would it be? That'll do. But this is yeah. what happens when regular people take control of the streets. Just anarchy ensues. That's why the police are there. And yeah. there is no doubt there there has been, you know, severe racism in America and in most countries. And that's just, you know, it's not a good thing and it's not something I subscribe to or you subscribe to, but it exists, unfortunately. But to go out there and say that, you know, every single police officer goes out every day trying to think differently or act differently around African-American people, I think is disingenuous. And it is also just so bad for the segregation of communities. You know, you've got, I talk about this a lot, like, you know, it's men versus women, black versus white, gay versus straight every day. Yeah. Particularly on the internet. Like, that's all it is. It's trans versus normal body parts or whatever you can call them. Every single day, it's dividing people. And is it is it that whole divide and conquer method? Is that what's happening? Yeah, I, I believe it is. It's, it's, the funniest thing is, is basically social justice in itself with the whole intersectionality thing. They literally divide people into groups like based on their parts, parts of their identity. And then they dictate that certain groups should get certain treatment. And this group, this group has it too good. So this other group needs to get brought up. And it's all this... It's dividing people into groups and then doing social engineering on them, even though like by dividing them into groups and treating them differently, you are doing the opposite. Like that's why when everyone says, Oh, the black community, the trans community, the gay community, I I just call them the community. Yeah, exactly. And it's like I don't like dividing people up into groups. Like you see, yeah, get everybody saying, Oh, trans rights, you need to say trans rights. Can I get a trans rights in the chat? I just say rights. And everyone goes, human rights, you know, if you're, if you're human, you get the rights. Last time I checked, trans people were human. Right? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not a scientist. Hey, I'm not touching that. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it, it's, it only exists on social media, too. Like, you can't go down your local shops, and if there's a, a black person that walks past and you say, hey, all the power to you, brother, like, you're probably going to get punched in the face. If there's a trans yeah. person there and you say, oh, I respect you for being trans, they're going to go, I'm not fucking trans. How dare you? I've just got a bit of stubble. Leave me alone. Like, people don't want to have those discussions. I, I've made a lot of videos on trans people and none of them attacking them as their ideology and, and what they want in life. If you want to be trans, you do it, baby. Go for it. But when you start affecting other people, that's where I, I take issue. But most trans people, I have emails from people who say to me, listen, dude, all I want to do is just live my life. I don't want to affect anyone else. I've had this uh, problem where I feel like I'm in the wrong body or, you know, or I'm polyamorous or I'm this, a pansexual like Vosh, whatever you want to be. Like no one, no one gives a fuck, dude. Stop being yeah. so up yourself that you think people care. Everyone's got it problems. You're dealing with fucking getting arrested because of your pug. I'm going bald. You know, we've got issues that we need to deal with. <laughs> I but that's, that's, that's just the thing, isn't it? This is where the biggest sort of misunderstanding for them comes, right? I support freedom of speech even if a person wants to say, like, horrible and mean things or racist things and everything. And everyone's like, all oh, that infringes on the rights of people, that infringes on gay people, black people, et cetera, et cetera. Now, rights at the moment are pretty equal. 
Like maybe not in the way the cops enforce it. You know, for example, if I if I call a black guy the N word, you know, I'm getting taken away and sent to jail. If a black guy calls me a cracker, the prop cops probably won't give a shit. But that's, I don't care if he calls me a cracker. I don't care. But the fact is, people seem to think that social justice means that like they, they have the ability to do things. They can get jobs. They can get married. They can do all the type type of things that other people could do. But they think that they don't have equality until people are not allowed to say that they aren't happy with them doing it. So it's a case of, I should be able to be gay and walk down the street and be gay and do gay things and not be criticised. And that's where I go, no, you can be criticised. Like, mm. people aren't allowed to stop you from doing it because that's your right. But people are still allowed to criticise you for it. And people go, oh, someone called me, you know, the F word that rhymes with maggot on the internet, we clearly need to do more. It's like, no, you, you you can get married, you can be gay, you can do all your things. There's gay bars, there's gay groups, there's the Pride Festival, there's all of these things that you have. You have equality, you have it, you've achieved your goal. Now what you're trying to do is infringe on the rights of others. You fought for your own rights, you got your rights, but now you're trying to infringe on the rights of others because you don't want to be criticized. And that's where I think the big problem comes from. But then you get people trying to say, oh, but it could inspire violence. Yeah, well, fucking Catcher in the Rye inspired that guy to fucking murder John Lennon. Yeah. Uh, right. You don't, you don't have any, you know, the TV show Dexter inspired a kid to murder his neighbor. Like Grand Theft Auto inspired kid to, kids to commit crimes. That doesn't mean ban all forms of entertainment and speech just because someone out there is a fucking idiot. This yeah. guy is going to exactly. do something stupid over it. Yeah. Like, you know, everyone has agency. If, if, see, for example, if I made the Nazi pug video and a guy went out and beat up a Jew over it, that's on him. He's the guy that made that decision to do that. I didn't tell him to do that. That's on him. But people or, seem to think, oh, but you inspired it, so you're the one that's the problem. Or if you went out and beat up a Jew with your pug, <laughs> that would be just that would holding, be an issue. holding them by the tail, just <laughs> using them like a flail. Um, so I've, 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 got two, I've got two pugs. I could tie their tails together and use them like nunchucks. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> now Peter's coming after us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, and it's the same thing with Vosh. What he said about me, what he said about you was vile, incorrect, and horrible. But we should fight with every every breath that we have for his right to say it. Yeah. Yeah, he absolutely has the right to say it. But the... The good thing about it is, is see some these people, see if you just let them talk and you just point out certain things to people that completely damages them. Like, see when it comes to, you know, offensive humor and people that just want to get on with shit, like in the political side of YouTube, they are by far the most popular, right? Despite the fact that YouTube has been trying to stifle their channels, stifle their growth, stifle this, and trying to push all the, the left wing, you know, the far left ones out there. Like, even though YouTube has gamed the system in their favor, they still aren't doing well. Yeah. Like, the other, the other channels that just want to get on with shit, like, vastly outnumber the other guys, even when the system's gamed against them. And that's because the vast majority of average, everyday people in the street don't want any of this bullshit, and they just want to get on with things. Like, see how you said, like, Twitter is not a representation of the real world, the way things are. Steven Crowder did a brilliant video where he goes out just to random people in the street and ask them, what are your gender pronouns? Nobody had any idea what he was talking about. They were like, gender pronouns? Like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And everyone it's like, yeah. Like, I think that Twitter is just a completely separate microcosm where just everything's enhanced and amplified where everyone's a Nazi, everyone's a communist, everyone's a screeching SJW or a conservative right-winger getting caught in a hotel room with underage gay red boys and cocaine, like that, that type of shit, right? <laughs> but, it's like, but then you go out into the real world and you realise that just the vast majority of people just are not like that and do not care and they just want to get on with things. And thank fuck for that. Yes. If, if Twitter turns into the real world, uh, we are severely fucked. I mean, oh, it yeah. is terrifying what's happening in America right now, but hopefully it all just calms the fuck down. And I think it's got a lot to do with everyone being, you know, not able to work and all that type of shit. But, uh, yeah. but you know, cancel culture, it'll hit its peak. And I think it's around its peak now with people like Shane Dawson and um, Jenna Marbles. Jenna Marbles. Like out of all the people, Jenna, Jenna Marbles. This woman who saves dogs, <laughs> looks after dogs, the sweetest lady in the world, and she's apologising for something she said 
10 years ago. Man, we've all got skeletons in the closet and whether or not we're proud of them or not. I've made so many dumb decisions in my life and that's how I've become an adult. If you don't go out there and take risks, you never learn. It's, it's the same with humour. If you don't take risks on jokes, you don't know if they're good or they're going to land or not. You know, and, and yeah. in a society, uh, a, a social media society where you aren't allowed to take a risk, that is when you get people like the left-wing um, YouTubers, like the Voshers, these clones of themselves, like the Meeseeks or fucking... Um, of, the they're all Meeseeks of each other. They just spout the same shit. And they're like, I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you. I'll cancel this person. They're all clones of each other. And to not make a, you know, a real static political point here, they can all go and suck a fat cock. Yeah. yeah. And that's how I want to end the podcast, eh? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's, been, that's a good end. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Count Dankula, thank you very much. How can people find you, big dog? Um, Count Dankula on YouTube, uh, Count Dankula TV on Twitter for as long as I'm there. Beautiful. Well, we'll do this again one day, mate. So thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Cheers, man. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.